going to uh, jump right into our lesson today. So good to see everyone and, um, and the people at home. Thank you for joining us. We are going to start a series for the month of June. It's just a four-part series, and it's called The Journey. And we've got these four little boxes. I'm going to explain what that all is. But um, the, the first box up here, this is going to be like an intro, but it's also going to be the first part of the of this series. And we're going to look at like the journey that sometimes God takes us on in life and how it's not always what we thought it was going to be. And it doesn't go necessarily the way we thought it would. It doesn't go the way we would plan it if it was up to us. But we're going to look at four kind of stages of the journey. And your life experience might not perfectly match these, okay? But we are going to look at the story of Joseph in Genesis and how his life mirrored this. And when, and I have seen myself in this story many times. Maybe you'll see yourself in this as well. So this first square, that's what we're going to do today. It's just like a, a serene like sailboat on this like idyllic seascape thing. That's the dream. And part one is the dream. Then we have the, uh, the boxer guy. That is the struggle. And we're going to look at how there's a lot of struggle in life. Then the little plant, that's going to represent the growth and how we kind of have this emergence that's beneficial to the journey. And then finally, we have the understanding, which is where it kind of all makes sense. And the order of these is very specific and yet also very frustrating. And I'm going to explain all of that as we go along. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to show you the life of Joseph in four snippets as they follow this sequence, okay? And I'm not kidding. This, this is what got me through some pretty dark times in terms of like we didn't know what the future held for us. Everything seemed crazy. And when I saw my life kind of overlapped the life of Joseph, I was like, yep, makes perfect sense. So maybe you might find yourself in this as well. So what we're going to look at today is the dream. But we're just going to, I'm going to give you a snippet of all four right now in the life of Joseph. All right? So here's how, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to talk about Joseph. We all know Joseph had dreams, and Joseph was a dreamer. Well, here's, here's uh, an example of that. Hopefully that's legible. Genesis 37, verse 5. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. And so step one is the dream. Joseph received dreams from God, and they were of him, like, ruling. They were of him being in charge of everybody. And that filled him up. That was like, man, God's got a plan for me. My life is going to be awesome. I'm going to rule. People are going to bow down to me. And that's where Joseph's story starts. It's the dream. Unfortunately, it 
doesn't go well for Joseph right away. The next part is the struggle. And we're going to do next week, we're going to look at how that works in our lives. We're going we're gonna to dive deep into the struggle, okay? But here's, here's Joseph's struggle. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Skip, a, skip a, ahead. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Now, if you're familiar with the story of Joseph, you know the dream and you know what happened. He, he kind of shot his mouth off to his brothers, told them about the dream, and they were like, no, we got to put you in your place, which was they threw him in a pit and then they sold him. And the struggle doesn't end there. He then goes to Egypt. He's a servant to Potiphar. He does good things there, but then he's framed for a crime he didn't commit. And he goes to jail. He's basically on death row. The struggle was real for Joseph. And during that time, God was still with him. Even though his life was not awesome at times, God was right there. And we see that Joseph went through some amazing growth. Joseph did some really, really cool and amazing things. But let's read what happened in Genesis 41. So Pharaoh, this is now towards the end. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. That's crazy. Joseph started out as this like punk kid in the field, bragging and boasting to his brothers. And now he's like second in command of the entire empire of Egypt. And so God raised him up. God like helped him become the man God needed him to be. And yet, up to this point, there's no reason. There's no clue as to why God was doing any of this in the life of Joseph. And that brings us to our final thing we're going to look at in four weeks from now, is the understanding, the clarity, the realization. When it all clicks, when we, when we finally get it, and this is one of my favorite verses. This is Joseph when he finally gets it. His brothers come to him in Egypt and beg for food. And he hides, his, he hides who he is and then he finally comes clean. And he says, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Three times in that short couple of sentences, three times he's like, yeah, you guys sold me and 
But, but really, it wasn't you. Really, it was God. And now I see that. Now it all makes sense to me. I went through all this horrible stuff because I'm here to save you. And that sound, like when you do it that quick, and I would encourage all of you, read the story of Joseph. It's an amazing story. But when you read it that quick and you're like, oh, it makes sense. But when it's your life, when your life is this like horrible like thing after thing after thing, and you're, and you're still in the struggle phase, it's not cute. You can't be like, oh, yeah, someday I'll, it'll all make sense. Like you, you feel like it'll never make sense. There's a couple things I want to draw out of just the, the sequence and, and why we did that. Because this is, there's been times where, like, I've been in the middle of the struggle. Or I've been at the beginning of the growth, and I've had no idea what is happening to me. And this is something I hold on to a lot. God did not tell Joseph the plan. He just told him the dream. Why is that important? Because the dream was awesome. The dream was great. You're going to be in charge, and everyone's going to bow down to you, and you're going to be like big, big shot, and everything's going to be beautiful for you. And Joseph's like, sounds good. I'm all on board. Now, if God had told Joseph exactly every step of the plan, how it was going to go, do you think Joseph would be so fired up? If he's like, hey, I've got a plan for you. I'm not going to tell you what it is. But step one, your brothers are going to try to murder you and sell you into slavery. You want to you do this? He'd be like, no, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and run away and hide from my brothers. And even if he said yes, he's like, all right, so then you're going to be sold into slavery. You're going to be framed for a crime you didn't commit. You're going to go into a prison. You're going to like be there. Basically, you're going to see people dying around you. You're so close to dying. But I, I do have a plan for you. You good? You ready? He'd be like, no! I do not want to do any of that. Guys, I say that because if God had told me the plan for the things that we had to go through, I would have bailed too. If God told me about all the, the horrible things, like, like I got a job that I thought was amazing, but that's because I didn't know, like, all the strife, like the, like the ulcers I was going to get as a result of this job. And then God gave us a vision to, like, open our own business, and I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. If he had told me, like, you're going to lose all of your money, you're going to lose everything, you're going to come home and find your wife, like, crying on the bathroom floor, like, you ready? You want to do this? I'd be like, No! I'm going to get the most boring job I can possibly find. If he had told me the plan, I never would have done it. And I want those words to ring in your ears. I never would have done it. Because I want you to think back on your journey. And I want you to think about the things that you've been through. That if you had known, if God had come down and told you every step, every brutal step of the way, would you have said, that sounds awesome, let's do it, God. And some of you guys are young, and you're just, like, getting going, and some of us are older, and you're like, man, I, you don't even want to know all the stuff I've been through. 
But the sequence is so important. Because we, we want to think of it like, like a movie where we have a, a short little training montage and then we get all of the growth and all of the understanding before we do the epic battle at the end. And yet, it's not the way it goes in life. Sometimes you fight the epic, epic battle and lose. And because of that, then you get the growth and the understanding. And the understanding is the win. But we want to go into our problems with every tool at our disposal. We want it to make perfect sense. We don't want to have any hidden corners. We want to know everything. Like, present your plan to me, God. And if I accept it, then we'll go. It's just not the way it goes. It's not the way it went with Joseph. It's not the way it goes in our lives. So we want the growth, we want the understanding before the struggle. And when God's like, nah, I got a different plan for you, the reality is sometimes, guys, we bail. We're like, oh, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Now, in the case of Joseph, he didn't have a choice because he was literally being like held and thrown into a pit and held and thrown into jail. And, and yet those things are what, what raised him up to be where he needed to be when he needed to be there. So the way I think of Joseph is you've got this, you've got this little punk kid who's like bragging and boasting and making fun of people and he thinks he's the best. He thinks he's awesome. God's like, okay, how am I going to get this kid, this dumb little kid, how am I going to get him to be the most important person in the world, basically, to save my people? Man, that's, a, that's quite a journey. You're like, sorry, Joseph, this is going to hurt. Because I need to get you from here to here in this many years so that you'll be there to protect everyone. And that sounds unfair. But guys, like I've lived that. Some of you have actually lived that. And I think of stories that when I get with you guys and you tell me like your life and you, you've been through this. You're like, man, this is not how I thought it was going to go. And it's not until years later, you're like, oh. The, the amount I grew during that time. I, I, I hated every minute of it, but what I've come out on the other side as a Christian, as a man or woman, as a, like, I could not have gotten to where I got other than that way. I have a good friend, uh, Milo Thomas. He was at Eastern with us. He was like, he was the biggest of big shots. He was like student council president of the university he was an alpha, if you know some of the black fraternities in FIA, like he was, he was like head dude. People would walk on campus and be like, Milo, hey Milo, what's up? And he thought, you know, life was good for Milo. And he was in our campus ministry, so we all were like, man, Milo is in our campus ministry. This is awesome. And he, got, he graduated with a degree in computer science. And after he graduated, God humbled him. Zero jobs, like nothing. And he took a job at a fast food restaurant where he worked at the drive-thru. And he graduated at the top of his class, top of his fraternity, top of the whole university. And he had fraternity brothers coming through ordering food from him. And he just, he, he would tell us, like, 
I don't know if I can do this. It's too humiliating. But now, when you ask him about that time, that is what has trained his character. That, that time in the drive-thru trained his character more than the fraternity, more than having all the acclaim and everything was great for him. And he, he wouldn't trade that time for, for anything in the world. And so some of you have those stories. Like you have, a, you have a dream, you have a vision, you have a plan, but then we're getting ready for the struggle. All right, so I got a couple things. And then this will be a, hopefully a little bit of a shorter lesson. So point number one, just about the whole journey. The journey is not comfortable, okay? What journey? All the journeys. Every journey that you're going to be a part of and the journey that is your life is not comfortable. And when we see ourselves in Joseph's story, we're like, yep, that's, I've wanted to like give up so many times. And so what we want though, is we want, when God gives us a dream for our life or when we get a, an amazing, inspiring, like awesome vision for what our lives can be, we want those things in the most comfy way possible. Like, hey, I want to, like, if you were just dreaming for yourself, like I want to I be a business owner and a husband and a father and a, 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 a lead a church someday and I want to go on a foreign mission field. I want to do all this stuff, but I only want to do that from the comfort of my couch in my spare time without breaking a sweat while still enjoying all my Netflix shows and, and it's, it's just not going to happen. That is not going to happen. Comfort is, I'm going to do a whole lesson on comfort. Comfort is so deceiving. And yet we serve the God of all comfort. And yet he wants to give us comfort, but it's never the comfort that we want. And so, and so we're going to do, you're going to be on this journey. Here's the price of admission. If you want to partner with God on an awesome journey for your life, get ready for it to be very uncomfortable. Okay, here's another thing. We're going to talk about the dream. Joseph had crazy dreams, but here's, here's something I want us to remember. I got quite a few scriptures for this. Sometimes the dream is awesome. Sometimes the dream is so inspiring, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes the dream is terrifying. I want to read you some scriptures. So in Genesis 17, this, this is Abraham. This is the dream that God gave Abraham, okay? Genesis 17, if you're writing it down, four through seven. As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Dude, that's awesome. I would love it if God came down and said that to me. But now think, did Abraham have struggle? Yep. Did Abraham have to grow into that? Yep. Did Abraham not really see the big picture until after it was all done? Totally. Or what about Mary? Let's look in Luke 1. This is the dream. This is the vision 
that, that uh, God gave Mary. The angel went to her, Luke 1, 28. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. It sounds awesome. It sounds so awesome when you see the life of Jesus in reality. It almost feels like she was tricked. Because you think about what Mary had to actually go through in watching her son tortured and murdered. But, but that's an inspiring dream. And sometimes you're going to get a dream for your life that's like, wow, I want to do something awesome. But you know what? I want to look at a couple dreams that weren't so awesome. Some visions. Let's look at Peter in Acts 10, starting in verse 11. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This dream, the dream of like going to the Gentiles, being a, an evangelist to the unclean people, that was a terrifying dream. And I know people that have gotten kind of that dream to go to like, like I knew a guy in India that actually left his job at, in India and went and became a butler in the Middle East in a fully like hostile Muslim nation to, to preach the gospel. And he's like, I just can't shake this. They need Jesus. And I'm terrified. I'm going to go there, put myself under these people, and then also try to preach the gospel to them. It was a terrifying dream, but he just, it was, it was in there. He couldn't shake it. What about Paul? Acts 9, 15. This one is plain. This is straight up like God is like, I'm going to give you the fine print up front. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man, Paul, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. This is an instance where God's like, hey, you know the dream, the struggle, the growth, the understanding? I'm telling you the struggle right now. It's going to be a hard life. And I'm sure Paul and all the other like, disciples around that time were like, well, he deserves it. He was, he was straight up killing people. God gave him a dream, like, I'm going to have you preach to kings, and you're going to, like, spread my word to the Gentiles. Oh, and it's going to come with a lot of suffering. And so sometimes, this is why we should talk about the things that God is putting on our hearts. Because sometimes it's going to be super inspiring. The warning there is that you're going to think it won't come with any struggle. There'll be no suffering. And your brothers and sisters can be like, hey, just remember, it's, this, could come, this could come around and be hard. I remember the call I had with Gates, where he was like, I want to come to Grand Rapids, and 
start my chiropractic. I'm like, I'm with you, dude. Let's, like, we'll be here. I've got a story about starting a business. <laughs> but God was there the whole time. He never left me. And then sometimes God's going to put something on you that's going to be, like, terrifying. The warning there is that you're going to want to ignore it and bail. I mean, sometimes that's, like, that's that. Sometimes that's the, the temptation with, like, starting a family. Like, when you, when you think about, like, marrying someone and having kids, like, all the overwhelming feelings that can come from that can be like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yep, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to do it right. Yep. So here's my question, guys. What has God put on your heart? Your, your, your journey does not have to look like Abraham's, it doesn't have to look like Joseph's, it doesn't have to look like Mary's. It's going to, everyone's journey is going to look a little different. Sometimes they can just be simple. Like, like what I said, I want to get married and have a family. And Joey's like, that's not simple. <laughs> I want to go serve in a developing nation. I'd like to go into the ministry someday. Oh. I want to plant a church somewhere. These are great. These are great dreams. And, and there's like infinite more dreams that God could put on your heart. He could, give you, he could give you that vision and that dream. He could fill you with like inspiration or maybe a little, might be scary. But this is where we need to spend time in prayer, meditation with God. Listen to like him wanting to partner with. He's not going to tell you the whole plan. He's not going to tell you everything before he, he sends you out. But you can trust, like, man, God will be with me. So I think I've told the story, like, about our business. And I'm, I don't want this to scare Grace and Gentile or anybody else that wants to be an entrepreneur. But I think I've told the story about our business. Like, yeah, it didn't work out. But, but it wasn't until later after all the trouble, after, like, the crying and the, like, what, how are we going to pay the bills? Like, after all of that, when we got back on our feet and things, like, are starting to make sense, and then the opportunity to go into the ministry came, and that was my moment of understanding. Like, oh, man, God has been training me in some very painful and scary ways. But God never left me. He's been there right along getting me ready for this next phase of my life. It's even so much so that when bad stuff starts to happen now, Jen and I start imagining like, man, what could God be getting us ready for? And I mean, sometimes that's like really scary. Where I'm like, hopefully, man, I hope that God's not getting us ready for some like crazy tragedy but but you don't know but one thing i do know is that god was always there here's my here's my warning though some of us are just too busy to even catch a vision from god our schedules are too busy our our lives are too jam packed we can never like slow down and actually think like, man, what is the dream? What is the, 
What is the vision? We glean to the edges of our schedule. We glean to the edges of our budgets. And we're like running, running, running. And, and Satan has this trick where he puts us into survival mode. And once you're in survival mode, like it's, it's almost impossible to see clearly. So we have to be very careful that we take time to slow down, talk to people, pray, meditate, and try to catch what is God putting on our heart. But the, there's a flip side of that coin. You might be like, uh, I'm not that busy. I'm not busy. I still don't have a vision. I, I, I don't even have a job. The warning for there is that we live in a culture where you can be busy with nonstop, endless entertainment all day long. And you're not doing anything, but you're not listening to God. You, we, have, we have these amazing little things. You could, you could get on this right now, and you could be on it watching other people's stuff till the day you die and not even scratch the surface of what's available. You could reject every human relationship. You could uh, you know, avoid everything. You can play a game. You could watch shows. You could do things forever until the day you die and... And waste it. Waste it all. There, we have a whole, now we live in an entire generation where you can be busy with absolutely nothing. It's just endless entertainment. And so my warning for some people is that we have read, I'm going to do, do a lesson later on selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is a sin. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Like we know that, right? Problem is, some of us, we see that and we're like, oh yeah, selfish ambition is bad, so I'm going to drop the ambition and keep the selfish. And so then I'm, I'm going to just spend the whole rest of my life doing nothing. How about you drop the selfish and keep some of the ambition? Paul talks about how he is an ambitious person. And we can be ambitious for God, but this is a journey. And sometimes we can get so wrapped up in like, oh, I'm just going to, I've got my, my today. I, I have no idea where God wants me in 10, 20 years from now. And so, guys, we're going we're gonna to go through this series, The Journey. So today we just talked a little bit about the dream. Next week we're going to talk about the struggle. We're going to talk about a little bit of suffering. But not suffering for no reason. And it's not even suffering because of the consequences of your sin. It's, it's literally suffering that God puts in our life to train us. And then we're going to talk about the growth and how like, you can actually respond in a good way to suffering and become a more mature person. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the understanding and how we can see God more clearly through all this. Here's what I want. I want us to get good at seeing how God's sequence of things is very, very, very different than our sequence of things. Our sequence usually is like dream, understanding, growth, struggle. And God's is like, yeah, but it's, it's, I don't usually work that way. So I just want us to get good that when we're in the middle of, of one of these things, that we can understand that the sequence is very different. I want us to dig a little deeper into each one of these. So that when we're in it, we, we recognize it. We know it. It doesn't catch us off guard. And then finally, I want us to be able to step back. 
And I want us to see our lives as a journey and as a series of journeys. That like, man, when I'm contemplating my life, I'm not, I'm not caught in just like this thing. I'm not in survival mode. I'm stepping back up. Man, I'm, I'm partnering with God here. He's producing something awesome in me. Your life is not a random series of events with no purpose or meaning. You're not just riding on the waves that someone else is generating. Sometimes we're inspired. Sometimes we're feeling abandoned. But I hope that by looking at the life of Joseph the way we did and the way we're going to continue to do, I hope we, we can see that God is with us all the time. We're not abandoned. And so with that, I have asked Jenny to do our communion message for this morning or this afternoon. And so I'd love you to welcome her up. <laughs>